Welcome to the Coach Fury Podcast. This is where fitness and geekdom collide. It's time to live long, be strong, and die mighty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 97 of the Coach Fury Podcast. Thank you for joining. I am Coach Fury, and this is my show. And today's guest, I'm happy to say, is now an old friend. He's also a mentor, co-founder of Original Strength, Mr. Tim Anderson. And this is one of those episodes, we've had a few of them, where Tim and I, we've been checking in with each other, you know, text messaging and all that stuff, but haven't really just hung out and had a long phone call. Uh, so we, this is one of those episodes of, is this going to be a podcast where Tim and I just hopped on and had a chat? And then at the end, we decided, like, well, what do we think? Do we think that's a show? And uh, I think it was a show. I think we both agreed. And uh, there would be something you can get out of it. I'm going to tell you this. One thing I can already tell. I'm rusty because we don't do this show as much. So I apologize in advance for all the ahs. You might not notice it, but man, nails on a chalkboard for me. But Tim and I are going to talk about teaching courses, transitioning to live, uh, hopes and struggles and things of all, all things in between during the, the pandemic and not that it's over, but what we're in. And speaking of teaching and original strength on November 6th, my second and only live course of the year of almost two years now is going to be original strength pressing reset certification on November 6th at Tina Morin's MSC strength and conditioning. If you haven't been at Tina's, it's an awesome spot. If you don't need no Tina, you should. She's my sister from another mister, one of my closest, closest friends. And I got to tell you, I always really prepare to teach and perform well as an instructor at these things. I want to deliver. I want to make your time and money uh, well-earned, well-spent. And uh, I got to tell you, though, and you're going to hear Tim and I talk about stuff like this. I am so excited to teach in front of people again. Uh, this is going to be epic. So there's, I think, about eight spots left or so selling out quickly. Uh, so please sign up November 6th. Visit OriginalStrength.net November 6th, Weymouth, Massachusetts, uh, and get to hang out with Tina and I. And I, I always set up to crush these things, but you know, look, there's definitely an extra level of hype uh, for me personally coming into this one. So check that out. Uh, enough of me. Let's talk to Tim Anderson. Oh, that was actually better than it was. What do you have? What does it come up in North Carolina on Zoom? Shouldn't it be the same thing? Well, no. When it first started, it was like, this meeting is being recorded. <laughs> I was Which like, is oh. <laughs> It goes to show of all like the creepy things that have happened in the pandemic and Zoom universe that they had to make that announcement. Like how many secret calls uh, were being recorded without people knowing. Uh, it's weird, right? Because I was like, what happened where we have to now start yelling at people about this being recorded? Well, I, did you have any, I mean, especially with all the online workshops that you've done, like uh, the random, what they call it, like the Zoom bombs, where did you have any of those happen? No, uh, because though we we did ours over Vimeo. Oh, okay. And apparently there's no Vimeo bombs. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are, but I... <laughs> of all of our Zoom sessions, nothing's ever happened. Like all of the small group, all the personal training, we've never had one. Of course, now I probably just jinxed it. But at one of my kids' like school orientations, like literally with all the parents in the room, there was a, oh uh, or not in the room, I should say, on the thing, there was a Zoom bomb. And <laughs> so like we were supposed to say it was like an 8, 8, 8, 8 p.m. meeting for all the parents of students going into seventh grade. And it was starting at 8 a.m. By 8.02, it was shut down. <laughs> Didn't it happen? <laughs> well, it did its job, I guess. That's 
people got crafty. So if this turns into be a podcast, everybody, um, this is one of those rounds kind of like with Julian and a couple of ones with Tina Morin where uh, Tim and I have not seen or spoken to each other outside of some text and phone calls really much over a while. And Tim and I usually talk pretty often and usually teach together at least once, if not twice a year. And uh, I missed them. And it's the weird thing when you have a podcast too, because it's like, well, you know, like we'll record it and uh, we're going to catch up, but there's no like specific topic we're going to talk about other than catching up. And, but at any point, if we're like, yeah, that went someplace, like that's just going to be us, then it's just going to be us. So if you're hearing it, it's for you too. If you're not, you won't even know what happened. Um, never know. So let, let, let's say this for a moment. Like, so, cause I think you'll probably have a similar thing on this. Like it literally, we haven't seen each other since the pandemic um kicked in uh we saw each other i want to say like a few months not, not a few months but a little while before that um at a pro not not like yes. a horrible amount of time but i normally would be in north carolina sometime around march and then sometime around october like the the pros tend to follow around my daughter's birthday and then my son and my birthdays so i sort of like always remember it's kind of around march-ish to may and then october uh, and then like everything kind of changed and we can talk about our businesses and how that all got affected, um, for sure. But also just, dude, I just found myself missing the traveling and the teaching and, and the seeing, uh, old friends and, and new friends. And, you know, zoom is great. It, it's kept our businesses alive, but, uh, what's it been like feeling for you? Like for, let, let's take the original strength Institute, the physical training, the daily operations aside, what is like being an educator, the course thing, how have you been like kind of coping and dealing with that stuff? Oh, uh, not very well. Um, I, I tried to find a lot of busy work, um, for myself to do, you know, just to occupy my mind. Uh, it's just weird. Right. Um, and at first it was like, well, now what, you know, um, Fortunately, for the there are online platforms that you know uh, we we did decide yeah you know what let's let's still try to do workshops and stuff and it's great but at the same time it's not as great right like there's something about three dimensional um, faces uh, you know just feeling energy in a room that is that's what I've learned that I, I really miss from like teaching workshops because I still get to teach but I don't I don't get the the same feedback or sense of like, you know, I don't know, uh, companionship when I'm teaching. Matter of fact, I, I, I don't even, because, because we do Vimeo, I don't actually see people at all. So, oh, so you're, they're just seeing you. They just see me. Right. Um, oh, which is, um, which, and I, I, there's, I, you know, you could talk about pluses and minuses to that over doing a zoom where you can see everybody, but that would probably distract me a little bit, but but yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at a camera, um, and, and, and begging people to, to give me feedback, you know, so I understand, know that they know or understand what I'm trying to say, but I do miss the, the friendship and the camaraderie, uh, especially, you know, getting to hang out with really cool people like yourself. Um, I do miss a lot of that. It was one of the things that I've done. And in early on, I did a couple of like shorter, one of the things I definitely wasn't interested in for myself was jumping in especially during the like the first three four months of everything being on zoom at least here in new york city um the idea of being on zoom for like beyond a few hours i, I just found like i just 
you know, I saw the possibility of it. And I, I think it's cool that people took it. I just know for myself, that was something that I wasn't really like, I don't know if I'm like ready to have that. And then, you know, I did like one of those like uh, original strength for the everyday person workshops to raise some money for the team. Um, I did a couple like little, uh, I did a DVRT thing, like a little clean and press test thing to help raise some money. Um, but I was resistant to it until, you know, we can talk about this later, this, the die mighty method that I came up with and then Tina Morin dropped on. But even that is structured in a way to make it as sort of short, short time on Zoom <laughs> and more time trying to interact in other ways. And then in the third round, this one, we, we got in person. But one of the things and I, that I noticed at a certain point, I missed that connection of like traveling and teaching and learning, you know, uh, and meeting new people. And I did, you know, I, I, it hurt to think about it, which was like a kind of a weird thing. Like when the pandemic was in the thick of it, especially, you know, uh, New York City got dealt, got dealt a harder hand than the rest of New York State. Um, I'm not going to, I have no idea what everybody other, other states and cities were like. You're um, seeing brutal from here. We, we're still in it. Point. Like yeah. we, we are still in it like i don't know if you're aware right now currently in new york city only in new york city only in the five boroughs we are not allowed to have anybody unvaccinated we're supposed to check for proof of vaccination we're supposed to check their photo id which at a gym is ridiculous no one just walks into the speakeasy um you know we have the credit card on file i'm going to tell if that's the person um you know that that's coming in uh even if they have a negative covid test even if they're completely cool being masked and 12 feet away they're not allowed in so like uh, entertainment, restaurants, dining, bars, and all sorts of fitness, dance, uh, martial arts, we are uh, being leveraged to force basically um, people to get vaccinated if they want to come into our businesses, which, you know, the, the, the speakeasy, it's really, you, you know, I believe in the vaccination, everybody who's listening, and, and, and even Tim, like, I'm not going to argue pros or cons on that thing. Um, I'm not going to get into that thing. Uh, I believe in it. Uh, all my members, for the most part, 99.5% of them believe in it. Uh, it's really not like a detriment to my business per se, because everyone's already vaccinated. Uh, but the fact that there's like a government hand doing it is a whole other thing. But anyway, we're getting off track. My friend's business is in New York State, though, like where they have maybe 30% of their membership is not vaxxed and they're not going to. They're just straight up losing income with no federal aid or right. state aid. That's the really host part. But we started doing these work, you know, I started to really realize like how much I miss being around people, how much, how much I miss teaching that I didn't talk about it while we were getting hammered on all this stuff. Because like, I was like, I got to keep this new gym surviving. And if I thought about like, I kind of just focused on that financial loss, like this is what's happening at the speakeasy, uh, making it stay open. But if I thought about the workshops, like not just from a financial point of view, but like the, I, I didn't realize, like I knew I got a lot out of them, but the emotional point of view. But then when I thought about the financial point of view, like, holy, like I, I teach like usually like 16 to 18 courses a year. And 2020 was like three, I think. Right. Three sounds pretty good for 2020, actually. Man, like right up to it. Like, I'm not going to lie too. I should have been the guy that like brought COVID into New York City. If I'm going to be completely honest, like I was in Asia with uh, OS and 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 uh, the RKC for basically two weeks, Tokyo and Taiwan tw twice, I think. I don't remember that tour, but like 
back and forth there. And then I came back and then I taught OS in Seattle, just as like apparently in the vicinity that that started in Seattle. Like I got back just, to, it's like I left a, you know, like almost like I dropped the match that you. started the fire. Right. Um, and then I came into New York City and I, I taught like, I think within three months, I think I taught two or three certifications, most of which were, or all of them were in like basement studios. Wow. With a bunch of people from all over, like, you know, like doing our thing. <laughs> and then- you know, we were, I was fine, you know, knock on wood. But uh, was there a point where, was there like a tipping point you think for yourself where you're like, okay, let's take this online. Let's find, let's find this option. Was it, was it like uh, mostly uh, emotional? Was it uh, financial? There's also this element of like having a system as a brand too. Like, you know, if we want to be realistic about what it is about, like, staying like uh keeping people aware you know we spend all this time building something keeping people aware and then the higher point and it's a shame through all of this it was diminished was like we can actually help people um both mentally and physically through a lot of this uh <laughs> so i don't know pick any aspect to tear apart on it that wasn't like a, a, a layered question at all so I, I i i struggled like so when it first happened i i went i threw a temp i tantrum like i didn't want anything to do with zoom i like and i you know i, I know a lot of people were it was helping so many people and that thought of it just made me angry and i'm like i i do not want to teach a class on zoom that's not what i want to do because that's not what i if i wanted to do that i would have already been doing it that was you know that was my thing yeah <laughs> so, um eventually i can't what helped me come around was not the studio but it was the os as an educational business because it's only source of income was workshops, you know, and, and so that, that really helped me turn my thoughts around. And I was like, well, you know, something's better than nothing. So let's see if this will work. Um, and fortunately it, it totally, it totally kept OS afloat. Um, and it still is because it's not like we're, you know, teaching everywhere other than being virtual i think we have one or two november 6th november coming to msc strength and conditioning in weymouth massachusetts with yours truly uh come on down november 6th live in so, person so what you're saying is still somehow you're pulling off more in-person workshops than i have since this all started <laughs> i've taught i've taught i've taught a dvrt level one and two that's it but then we do have this thing the die mighty method um which which is is very much like now it's we in, in the in the last round of it we were able to do uh in person and online at the same time but it's, oh, it's awesome. only it's only like an hour uh, it's an hour a week it's a six-week program that's um, awesome man I, I what i like what you said was like all right like this is like the thing i think what a lot of people had to embrace and fought maybe too long was like this is the best of the worst like look this is a completely horrible situation and we hate online we i don't hate online i will say this too the podcast helped me because i've had so many wonderful conversations via zoom that i knew it's possible to connect with somebody on zoom right now i had in my past done like maybe five skype sessions years ago and stuff and i hated it so like there was this like barrier but through the podcast and through my, you know, online coaching, like how, you know, you would done, you know, the distance stuff where you're not on zoom. It was just like, all right, we're putting these two things together. Um, but it was like a lot of the best of the worst. And I think that's one of the things that also helped me. And I think a lot of people hurt their businesses. Like a lot of people, when we had to go online, went real cheap, real quick. Cause they're like online, it can't be worth as much. Right. It's like, well, it's actually the best service you can give them now is online. So why would it be any cheaper? 
unless there's a financial reason on there and that they need to be like, you right. know, like if your members are losing their jobs um, because of the pandemic, you need to keep your members uh, regardless of that. Uh, but I think that's something like uh, that I, I'm taking as like, now that I'm verbalizing it as a really good business lesson, because I don't know when we're stable, you know, Thursday, yeah. Thursday is going to be the two uh, we're recording this on a uh, uh, Tuesday, August 31st, September 2nd will be uh, a year since we reopened under man, you know, different levels of mandates. Um, and we're still here, which is amazing. Um, but adapting like the business around, like how do you, now it's not just like, how do you read your neighborhood? How do you read these grander things? Uh, were there any other than learning to embrace online um, for both uh, financial brand and personal survival? Uh, and I don't mean like everything's like so dire. I mean, like emotionally, I think for you and I, we want to connect with people. Right. Um, and we want to share the, 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 the things that we believe in, uh, especially with something like original strength. Um, what would be some other lessons that you picked up through the pandemic and having to adapt to a lot of this stuff uh, that you see now, not just a, like, not just a getting through, but a moving forward. Oh man. I'm, I think I'm still learning like, and it's weird. Cause I'm, I'm more, and you know me, so I'm more of a pie in the sky, rainbows and sunshine, Pollyanna kind of person. Well, I've come to grips that I didn't write this script because if I could write it, it wouldn't be this way. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I guess, learn how to, to just roll with it and, and let it be okay to, well, you know, it, this does hurt and that's okay. If I could make it better, I would, but well, I guess I can try to make the best out of whatever I got now, you know, um, some lessons like that, which is so weird. Um, you know, cause it's, and this is so stupid, but I, if I could, I, I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to feel safe. And, you know, like, and I, I want the world to spin, um, even better than it was before, but man, I don't know. <laughs> no. it, it, it's really hard to view that. And social media is the worst. Yes. It's so heavy. It. It's so and, heavy. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, you know, I, I'll joke around about being uh, captain coping mechanisms through this whole thing of like, you know, uh, I've had a, a, a drink or two almost every night through this whole thing. I'll, probably, I would say minus maybe, I think I got sick. So like, take like two weeks out of it when I've had like, not COVID sick. I got, yeah, that's the other thing now. You have to say, I got Whatever. a cold, it's allergies. It's not COVID. <laughs> it's not COVID. <laughs> um, and and then I, I, my my nutrition has been off. Now mine, and my training has wavered. Like, I, I, I don't know, like this is new. You've had more experience of like kind of, obviously nobody had an experience of riding a wave of having a business of their own like this, but like we had just opened up nine months ago before this happened. And, you know, I was already dealing with the anxiety of having a new business and just starting to like enjoy that people are coming and like, Oh, the numbers are going up. And then it was like, Oh, you are completely shut down. Um, my, so my own training wavered a lot. Like my friend Ari, whose gym had closed, we, we caught up a couple of years ago and it's a gift. You know, everyone says do something you love for your a living. Right. But when you do what you love for a living and then something like a hand of God type of thing, you know, a global pandemic comes in, you're trapped because you're financially bound to the thing you do for, you know, that you love. It is literally how you're going to pay the bills. Um, and I'll say across the board in the United States, fitness was heavily crapped upon uh, where we really should have well, been. 
uh, part of the solution and not 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 made to look like the massive part of the problem. Um, but it, 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 it was like, you know, it was a really hard emotional thing. And I think you start to get down on that and then your feed, you know, however you feel about the previous president, the current president, that's another thing that still hasn't stopped. Um, and then the hardest thing for me is like all, almost all the other outlets that I'm interested in, these walls of divide came up too, right? Vax, unvax, this, that, hard, you know, Nazi, not Nazi, this, this, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, and they're all valid. Everyone has their opinion but you're, you're not really going to, uh, everyone thinks they're going to change it on a Facebook post. I tend to try to write some, like what I think is facts on occasion. Um, but I do try to not engage, uh, pretty often, unless I think the person having the thing is open to it. Right. Um, and it's one thing to accept that some of us have like very drastically different opinions on another. It's also, I feel like we were taught over the last four years that it's not okay to have a friend with a strong, different opinion. Um, yeah. and, and I just don't, I don't align with that myself. Um, I have my opinions and I feel pretty good about them. Like, uh, but I'm always open to hear another point of view. And, uh, but I think that's also led to like, I don't want to say depression because like, I definitely deal with like the, the, the downerism. Uh, but I think I felt more anxiety out of all of this than I felt depression per se, but I don't know how people are, you know, not getting buried underneath it. Um, when suddenly, like I would imagine, uh, and I know some of the folks that I've met through North Carolina, um, have one opinion on everything that I, and, 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 and then on, you know, the other side, another opinion. And suddenly like the thing that brings us together, you're not having that time to bring together. You're just seeing the walls between it's freaking hard to kind of wrap my head around. Yeah. It's I, less personal. Yeah. What have, what have you been, what, what is your in because I imagine you have a bigger membership than myself, but you have an amazing culture. Um, I, I mean, has that kind of infected? I guess there's the two points. Like it's in, it's impossible to say that wouldn't have affected OS to some degree in terms of like some of the past attendees and instructors. But how has it affected OSI first? Like, have you been able to kind of keep everybody like sort of? I don't want to see like uh, like is everybody getting along? Ah, uh, so, and I'm sure you experienced this too. So by the grace of love of our members and, and really grace of God, but our members kept us afloat when we were shut down. Cause we, we were no lights on, no nothing. And like you, like uh, for at least six months. Um, and we had members just out of the goodness of their heart, still paying their membership because they wanted OSI to still be there when it was over. Right. And some held on and bless them. They held on as long as they could until they couldn't, you know, their jobs changed. And then, and then I don't blame anybody like, well, is this place ever going to be open again? Don't know. <laughs> you know. Um, and so, but in the end, we took a massive uh, in the end, we're still in the thick of it, but when we were able to reopen, we were well down 50% over half our members. Um, and we are just starting to to grow a little bit but of all the people to answer your question coming in the door everybody's just happy to be there that's great and and there's no no i mean every it's, all, it's everybody's friends um and we is crazy too because we've got you know a lot of pe new people have moved in i don't know if you know anything about the housing market in north carolina i know it's blowing up because i was speaking with chris and uh, about it last time actually. it's ridiculous like like houses are selling for over twice their value 
Um, it's crazy. Like it's all, anyway, it's probably all New Yorkers and people from New Jersey, it, New York City coming coming yes, out. Yes, they're all they're all coming here. Um, yeah. You're welcome. But, <laughs> thank you very much. As long as I say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, not that they don't. So, so anyway, um, but so we're getting new members, right? Um, because all these new people are coming to town, and but they're still just they're very happy and they're they're fitting in. I don't know. So we've been blessed on that end, and I, I'm imagining too. You had members that kept you afloat. I, I mean, it, we would have been nowhere without them. Like, yeah, I, I think what, what was interesting and 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 really. Uh, rewarding for me through it was you know i had a pretty pessimistic game like a, a, a thought of how this was going to go not just in terms of the speakeasy but in terms of like when they were like two weeks i'm like we're going on three months oh yeah like when they said mark when and when we closed in march i'm like we'll reopen probably in june and i had friends that were like oh it'll be a couple of weeks and it'll be fine or it'll be four you know four weeks and it'll be fine i expected literally to the date that they started phase one industries in new york city that's pretty much almost to the date when i thought we would reopen and I thought we'd be able to reopen at least with personal training, like one-to-one spaced out, you know? Um, what I didn't expect was that we were going to get, you know, we get kept, kept getting thrown in Jim's bars, restaurants, Jim's bars, restaurants, Jim's bars, restaurants, highly problematic, highly problematic, highly problematic. Um, Can I ask uh, you where the data was for all of those? There was none. So that's the problem. <laughs> if anybody really wants to know, by the way, like real talk right now, if you're like, how does he know? That's just his opinion. Um, Speakeasy of Strength was involved in... Uh, Two significant lawsuits in United in, in New York City, uh, New York State. One against Governor Cuomo, which was a libel suit for saying Jim's Bar's restaurants. And on the day that he was supposed to present the data that said that Jim's had been highly problematic, he asked for having a, a from go from a Friday to a Monday to have an answer on that. And that's when they reopened us over the weekend. He rushed a plan because there was no data. So he started a reopening thing, and then he slowly started to say, oh, Jim seemed to be showing improvement. A week after that, he showed a chart that showed of uh, 30 New York, 25 New York State industries, all 25 you know, massive industries, right? Whether it was restaurants, movie theaters, whatever it was, gyms were number 25 right above, or 23, sorry, 23, right above agriculture. So we're talking outdoor stuff. So it was gyms and then outdoor stuff. 75% of the uh, of the stuff that had been going on leading into the holidays when they were you know talking about a second shutdown, that was all in-person stuff at people's homes. So these industries, there was absolutely no data. And you can't say that we were highly problematic, maybe top five, and then say that somehow we magically shifted to the 25th, 23rd spot. My question for that was because if you're the first to get shut down, you haven't have been able to have data accumulate yet. No. <laughs> it's an easy leverage because people like i'll say when we first closed the things that I, as a new york city resident as a brooklyn resident the two things that i saw people complaining about the most or being the most freaked out about were gyms and subways because there's this idea that we're just sweating breathing farting you know rubbing up on each other on both ends whereas gyms if you go to a gym if you go to at least a moderately decent gym we're one of the cleanest places you're going to be like, cause if we don't clean, you literally pe people would start getting sick staff infections. Like, like you just, it's, it's not uh it's not a place you can just let slide. Right. Um, so there was the data there. And then it was the same thing when, uh, when it was time to open up group fitness. So they opened up one-to-one -one training. And then there was this clause where the mayor of each County 
can, or uh, each city can open up group fitness. And de Blasio kept us closed up until May, like a really long time from, so from like September through May, because it was uh, highly problematic. Even if you're following all the same mandates, all the same rules, six feet apart, masks on, all of this stuff. You could have six people working out at the speakeasy on their own, not being coached, or you could have, but you couldn't have five people in there being taught by one instructor. It was just criminal. And, and for anybody that doesn't know, and, and, and I'd imagine it's actually the same by, by you, Tim, from the bit of North Carolina that I know. Most independent gyms in the city are class-based. Most female-owned gyms in the city are class-based. The speakeasy is personal training, small group based, but based on his definition, it would fall under, like you literally couldn't have a pre-recorded tape with two people in the room. Like you couldn't do your version of Tybo inside right. the gym uh, and you should do a version of Tybo. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, that was sort of the hardest part, but our members, what I was, was trying to get to, the rewarding part is like when you have something uh, that you, you really work hard into it and for for us as being so new, you realize that you actually mean something to somebody yeah. and, and to several people. And that is when you start to realize, okay, like if for me, nine months in, when this happened, like we're, 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 we are working, like we have a proof of concept of, uh, uh, we're achieving our mission statement to some degree, because these people are sticking with us when they really didn't need to, right. you know, there was a lot of things about like our skill level, uh, our, the heart of the team and myself, um, the fact that we were all kettlebells and sandbags and stuff that you could easily do at home all helped. Um, and then, of course, kind of like you, we never hit the 50 percent, but like we almost for a little bit. We had a couple of really bad months, but then we were able to sort of like build back up. But we were also extremely upfront and communicative um, about like what's going on. So when people when we were shutting down and people were like, hey, I'm going to pause my membership and I'll see you when the dust settles. I was like, just know we might not be here when the dust settles. There might be like an empty space. And it sort of changed the perception a little bit uh, and added to our, our value. Um, so yeah, it was, it was amazing. Uh, and we're seeing waves of it now where September's a big month coming up here because people are going back to work and back to school for the first time. So we're actually losing some of our older members right now because like, I don't know what my schedule's gonna be. Right but we're gaining more newer members in the neighborhood because now we've been there long enough where they're like, oh, there actually is a gym around the corner from me. Uh, it's real weird. Uh, here's something that I'd actually be really interested in from you, a little business talk. Your new members, how are they uh, approaching you about pricing and stuff? Now, I don't need to know your rates, but like I've been getting some like interesting questions and feedback about pricing. Um, are you finding people haggling you more or expecting something really cheap or are they being respectful of your rates? Like, how are you finding, like, is there a mind shift? I guess, is there a consumer mind shift you're seeing regardless, you know, coming out of the pandemic in terms of dollars? So the people that are coming to us and that are staying with us, um, the new members, they, they haven't bogged at our price at all. And there are plenty in, in, in Fuquay small, but they're, there's a, a gym every block <laughs> now. So, so there's so, there's so many choices that they could go to um, that they wanted cheaper. They can easily find it. Um, but I, I, I think 
for whatever reason, they like what we're doing or, or, or what we have to offer and they're right. You know, they're willing to, to pay for it. That's awesome. I'm finding there's a lot of, um, uh, most of the members totally fine. Totally understand. Actually our small group rates are really, and even our personal training, our rates are good, but there's a lot of like, uh, for every small business, almost following every small business post support small business. There's a, what's the best cheapest, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, comment coming in. And uh, that's something that's interesting to navigate because fitness is a weird one. You say you're at a gym and like people right now, and I say, uh, what's your gym look like? People are going to have, everyone's gonna have their own view of what that weight room looks like, or that, you know, aerobics room works, looks like, or that yoga thing looks like. So that's been an interesting thing here is like sort of navigating um, but so, also standing strong that like we're a micro studio, like there's only five members in at a time. Well, there's, there's only one Steve coach fury. So, you know, like that's, and that's got, that's had, that has value to it. Um, I've got a friend that he, he's always told me, he's like, Hey, just be careful of the race to the bottom. Don't he's like, cause that's the end. You know, once you start, you know, you start trying to cut, undercut, 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 that's the quickest way out of business. So just sure. stick to your value and what you're worth. And cause you know what you bring to the table. Right. Um, it's and the and, only ego mode on the sales pitch, I'm like, Hey, if you're going to use kettlebells or look at this stuff, guess what I've done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but okay. But you're a man, you're an international teacher. This is what you do. <laughs> I and, was at one point and, and we'll rise again. One day. Yeah. The Phoenix will rise, but we were supposed to go to Tokyo together, Tim. Remember right. how that was like a good thing? I do. And we've already seen a new Godzilla movie come out before that happened, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you bring so much to the table and there's value to that. So, and, and but because they're like, okay, so there's seven, the, our biggest problem is there's 7 billion opinions in the world. But the beauty of that is, is that there is a plenty of uh, such an array of a spectrum that are people that are, you're just right for, and they're willing to pay your price. I fully agree. I think there's uh, and, and even if you took out that you and I have like the, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, an elevated role as an educator, like traveling and working with other coaches. Um, every coach, there's a weird line of like, you have to appreciate your value, imposter syndrome be damned, right? Right. But then there's the other level of also like, like let's not overstretch somewhat, right? Like the Instagram uh, stuff sometimes is a little bit like, that's a lot. I, I get, I get a little bit like, yeah, you might've just learned that last week. And now you're um, the expert on the thing. But when I, when I remove myself out of it, I feel like our industry does a horrible job in undercutting. And it's one of the things in advertising when I was in visual effects, you know, the agency would come out with a job that would be worth like, say, say it was like three quarters of a million dollars. And they'd say, we have a quarter of a million dollars to do it. And we'd be like, look, all right, we're going to do it, but we're going to work our asses off to the bone. And we're going to make like a 3% profit instead of like an actual survivable profit. And I think fitness has always given, in my opinion, a way too much. Um, and I felt like during the shutdown, initially, we gave a lot away. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, you know, I mean, there was like, how, I mean, we did it for a heartbeat. It was meant to be a little bit more of a community, like if you can't afford to train thing, but how many free workout things went on where people were doing five, you know, three to five free classes a week, live on Facebook live or on zoom. Let's be honest in the, in, in the look of trying to get like a lead generator and how many of those actually turned into, you know, 
members that paid, right? And, you know, and or at least enough members that paid their worth to make your hour of that time valuable. And I think we struggle with that. And that's it goes back a little bit to that, like how people cut their rates right when they went online, when they should have held the strongest there. Um, it's really tricky. I mean, how do you view, I, I, you know, in terms of giving stuff away, one of the great things about OS is you give away really good content. But there's also that line a little bit between OSI and NOS, the system. Where do you, where do you personally try to gauge, like, am I helping people versus the marketing side of like, for lack of a better phrase, I hate the phrase content. It just sounds so heartless content. Right. So if you're giving away like a part of you when you create something, if you're looking at it as purely as just content, it's like you're sharing something. It shouldn't be just content. Um, where, where do you sort of like uh, have a mindset on that when you're like, am I giving away too much? Am I trying to help somebody? Uh, is this becoming busy work for the sake of busy work? Because somewhere we think we're supposed to do this. Man, I'm all over the place on that one because I do it all. I, I do the busy work. Uh, I give away, like, so I give away a lot of free stuff, but I justify it though because, you know, it's so, it's so simple. And, and if it helps somebody, that is fantastic. Um, if, if they want to come, you know, pay for the other stuff that's, you know, more put together, more methodical, great. But if they don't, you know, that's okay too. I'm, 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 I'm very fortunate in my life that, I mean, my family's got, we, my wife's got a good job. I can afford to give stuff away, you know, um, and I'm not a great businessman. <laughs> so that really, and let's just be honest, I'm not. So, and like, and so the stuff I give away is the stuff that brings me joy though. So it's not like I'm, I'm not giving away stuff just for the heck of it. Like it, you, you talked about your podcast. I started doing that during the pandemic and it was my therapy. Like, you know, it, it was, it, it really helped me. And then it's like, well, if it helps me, maybe it'll help somebody else. And, and making the videos for like the YouTube channel. Well, that's just fun for me. Cause I get to tell jokes and I get to, I get to do stuff. I don't always get to do. Yeah. And it's a, I can express myself in a way that I really don't do. And, you know, you know, much in, you know, public, so, so it's fun for me. And it, and so on that standpoint, I'm giving away my hobby or stuff that makes me feel good. And if people are interested in it, great. And if they're not, no, that's okay too. Cause I'm really just doing this because I enjoy it. I think that's the big differentiate differentiator words are hard. I think that's a real word. It is. A word. Uh, it, and it's the same way this podcast started was I wanted to like share some insight into my friends and the people that I look up to and, and have like a more casual conversation than a workshop, you know, uh, type environment. Um, but doing it because you want to do it versus feeling like it's part of the checklist right. of things you need to do as a coach or owner. Like the, the um, I remember I could read between the lines of some more well-known in our world, fitness podcasters complaining about like everybody doing a podcast now. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, and then it did feel like for a moment though, it was like, everyone was like, okay, so we need to do this, this, this podcast, this, this. And then you like, realize like five episodes in, it's a lot of work. Um, and if you're not doing it because you want to like really have a purpose behind it uh, and other than financial, because you know, there's only one Joe Rogan. Um, right. it, it's, it, it's a lot. And I feel like we We've gotten caught up in that. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting. We, 
had our best month on opening when I did zero marketing other than my half-assed social media, where I literally folks, like I don't follow, I don't, I don't like connect with too many people. I post something like every other day or so it's random and uh, I copy and paste all my hashtags and stuff, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, and I just put pictures up because if they hear about us, like they're going to see that there's like something there and give the vibe up. Uh, side question. What's something that you've done because you felt like you had to, like whether it was a blog or social media, and I don't mean a specific topic, but is there anything that falls in that category? You're like, I'm never going to do that again. It's not a never do that again. I, I do a lot of stuff that I do feel responsible for. Um, like, and, and this is the hard part. Like I love creating. I love, I love the, because of when I learn when I, I get to do, you know, do something when I make a video or if I, I write an article I'm learning most of the time but Steve so one of the hardest things I've learned because it when you feel good you're creative well this season has been so heavy this has been the hardest time since I started writing back in 2009 for me to write and it it just feels like a chore and it is I, I if other people find some value in it that's great but it I don't that doesn't make me happy anymore just because it is so hard to do. Um, and like, I, 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 even, when I sit down, I just like, I just don't have it. And cause it is so effortless when I'm on, I don't have to think about anything. The creation just happens, but, and that was always the beauty of it. Cause I knew there was something else that was writing and not me. And I just had to be, you know, open to it. And it's not that I'm not open now though. I just think everything's just so heavy that I just don't feel like it. I fully can relate to that. I, I mean, I, I find myself like uh, I get frustrated or emotional about something. And I don't mean just like a vaccination post or a political right. post, but and I start to write something out and then like I take a moment and I delete it. I can't tell you how many ones because I'm like, I'm trying to share my opinion. Like my like, and it's weird when you uh, I'll often write on my Facebook posts. I don't do this on Instagram. Instagram is like business and like some family. Like my coach Fury is gonna have a little bit more family. My, my speakeasy one is purely the, 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 the speakeasy and the speakeasy crew. But on Facebook, I'll write, like, sometimes I'll like, this is what's going on in my head. Don't comment. Like, I'm not looking for it. I'm just, you know, and of course, even one of my best friends will then write up, of course, you're looking for comments. Like, no, actually, no, I'm not. And, and that's the thing that with almost anything, you're waiting now more than ever, you're waiting for the, the, the counterattack where there was really no first punch thrown, right? Like, you're not allowed to, like, release some steam or have a thought that is either sided one way, and I don't mean the big topic sides, but just like has a point of view, everyone's sort of looking for this, like either look how cute I am or look how neutral I am. And it's a tough thing to wanna be creative about. And then I'll say with the podcast, it's like, I love doing this, but we've become so inconsistent that I've just embraced it because I don't want this to feel like a chore. Right. So whether or not we use this one or not, it's, uh, it won't bum me out because I'm still talking to you and having a great time doing yeah. so. But it's like, it's not like, oh, I have to get the podcast out on Monday like I used to. And it makes it uh, easier for me. And I think I've actually oddly gotten better without even having to worry about a consistent schedule because it, it like makes it special. But it's hard when you're like sitting down, you're like, I haven't posted. Like, what do I write? I don't know what I'm going to write. What am I going to so, shoot? And that's where, yeah. So like Monday is the day. I'm supposed to write or the day I'm supposed to release an article for OS and supposed to just because that's what we've done for the last 10 years, you know, but 
now I'm finding myself on Sunday thinking, oh gosh, I gotta figure, I got I don't even know what to write. I, I don't want to write anything. And I never had that before because I would never want to write before. I just did because it was just something there and it was fun. And it was always neat to see what would come out. Whereas right now, I, I don't what's in the box, right? I don't really care right now because I don't I don't I don't want to look. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave the box alone. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Morgan Freeman. Just keep the box, keep it away from me. I just don't care at the moment. It, it, there is that level, I think, uh, and it's interesting hearing it coming from you. I think like there's this, there's, uh, you're a very, and you taught me a lot about this as a friend and as a person about being hopeful, right? You and I have had these talks uh, where a lot of what original strength and what a lot of what strength training does is it provides hope to people um, that feel like they can't be better than they are or were. And uh, it's a really hard time to be hopeful now in some respects because it feels like every time you have like a you, you know you, you sort of push yourself up a little bit another boot is on your the middle of your back trying to hold you down uh on all fronts almost and it's really hard and especially i'll say like as a as an owner you know suddenly like i am the leader right it's one thing to be like an instructor or teaching and whatever where you're leading a course or leading a class but suddenly you're like this whole thing is on me and the people that are involved both as members and the team are like they're, they're on me and it's really hard to like stay optimistic but i also uh i can look in the systems we put in place at the speakeasy like there's some certain gaps because like you i don't know what the hell i'm doing running a business but our business now is so much better than it was and we're somewhat future pandemic proof in that like we're still doing zooms nothing's changed like we're, we have our small groups have people in person and on Zoom at the same, like we really, I really tried to take that like, uh, uh, Zoom only sort of like it's hard. Um, but if you have live people in it and you're not stuck at the desk and you can move around and you can talk to both rooms, both groups, uh, it brings it all together. And that also where we have, you know, the speakeasy is such a small studio where we have capacity limitations, um, regardless of any mandates, we're just a small studio it's virtual real estate. So it's also not just a pandemic thing. It's like a financial thing. Um, but it also lets people that we meet at courses come and take a session or, you know, hop in because they don't have to worry about showing up now. They can get the experience. Uh, again, the best of the worst case of like, well, I can't be there. So I'll use whatever I got at home and I'll do it. It's like all that type of stuff. Um, where where do you see or have you been feeling like the shift coming like to just making it a little bit easier to feel optimistic it's like you know i i know everyone's sort of dealing with delta right now and at the and i've already heard people starting to talk about like you know like it's almost like the uh the time authority the tva and uh, loki where there's so many variants already we haven't even gotten through one um are you starting to feel like like yourself sort of like lightening up a little bit or is it still like uh yeah i mean i'm hope i'm hopeful and so everything's about seasons right so there's beyond everything else going on i'm just in this season where okay so my kid just moved out of the house to go to college well, that was a lot Crazy. right so Crazy. you know i mean so like I'm, I'm learning that growing up is just hard like so because everything changes and you can't you can't hit the pulse button uh to savor things as much as you want to um so that's that's probably a lot like you know okay so you got covid you got shutting down stuff you got 
everything else going on in the world. And then, you know, my kids are growing up. I've got one that just went to college. My next one's a senior in high school. So that means in this, this cool school calendar year, well, he's going to be going to college. So it's just such a drastic change in my life that I, I'm tired and I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm hopeful. I'm just, uh, it's more of a, a withdrawn state where I'm just, wow. just trying to take it in and like figure out, okay, this is a lot. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's not that it's, I'm not hopeful. No, I didn't mean it like that, but like, I think it's, it's uh, I, you're actually somebody that I would not really be able to see not having the, the, the light on inside somewhere at all points. But that is like, it's hard. And it's weird, actually, just now that we've known each other long enough to be like, holy crap, in college. Yeah, exactly. You're sending me Lego videos and stuff. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so so there's all these changes, you know, and, and, and some of them just happen, the timing of things. And so, you know, you just, sometimes you just want to practice breathing and, and be quiet. Sometimes you just don't want to to write. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, and, and it's one of the things that um, it, it's a, they're, they're, this one, I can't fully talk about this online because I, I, I would need the person's permission. Like I'm not going to talk about certain levels. Tim's aware of some of the things in the background here. Um, but one of the things that uh, I've been more aware of is different sensory stuff, mental health stuff that goes on and one of the things that's the most directly beneficial, actually, it has been my practice with the original strength. And I'm not talking just for myself. I'm talking for others around me. And it's been interesting having conversations with specialists and, and, and um, psychologists and therapists. And they all start <laughs> with where we start. They all start with breathing. Yeah. Um, all of the quality physical therapists um we'll all start with breathing and with the basically the two things that throughout all this pandemic for people that can or can't train the two biggest sort of uh zoom undeskers bad postures from working from home at dining room tables and couches has been a combination of os and the resets and for me indian clubs which you know go together like uh peanut butter and jelly right. uh, unless you're allergic to peanut butter or jelly are people allergic to jelly other than just I, just I would taste? have to imagine there's somebody out there I mean yeah. I guess if they're like you know like the gross like not great like strawberry like that's gross to me that's so. just that's that's personal preference taste though like I there's there's a I ch if a, you, if a you can be allergic to a strawberry or a peanut there's a chance you could be allergic to a grape or somebody could so. I'm not judging you if you're out there and that falls in the category but um I think that's an important thing and I think that's is where we help. And I guess that's like, if we're going to go back into the optimism, what I, what I am optimist, what I feel an upswell is, and this has happened in layers here, at least in New York City. And I would imagine everybody listening that owns a gym or works at a gym or trains, there's been these levels of people realizing that they have to invest in their health. And there's the, there's the, there's the uh, COVID weight gain, which is my, my least interesting thing. Like I respect it, but it's like, look, you just, you're still in a worldwide health thing, whether, you know, whatever your point of view is on that, on you're still in like a really like a global thing right now. You're, you're a wonderful person if you gave gain 20 pounds. Um, but on the flip side of that, there's a ton of people that are like, you know what, I got my shots. And I know I need to be healthier. Just overall, because that's really like the goal. And I, I think fitness has done a really 
shitty message on how we've said this. Like you can believe in vaccines or unvaccinated uh, or, or not taking them, but the healthier you are going in on either front, the better your odds are for you on the outside of that. And I do think that's like one of the upswings that I'm seeing that people that like have never stepped foot in the gym or haven't stepped foot in a while or, or like how I was when I started because of my daughter being born are like, I need to be strong. Like I need to be healthy. Like I can't blow it off like I used to because now there's like a real like wake up call of, oh, like this stuff could be the thing, right? Because lo- largely um, a lot of the deaths that happen tragically were a lot of complications uh, due to other things that we help with. And please, everybody, I'm not saying we're like the answer. I unfriended so many, part of my French, Tim, cover your ears, fucking coaches Ooh. that were like, oh, if you only ate healthy, like you know, you wouldn't get sick at all. I'm like healthy people get cancer. It's disrespectful yeah. to assume that. Um, but you can only do the best you can. There's no foolproof method. Yeah, I you, mean, you, you, you do you, the best you can. Completely. And it's those like the, the, those blanket statements. So I will say that like, I've noticed that that's a very wonderful thing coming out, especially in, in my part of town. And I know other cities and states have had fitness really slammed um, that there is a look and I really hope, and I think it will start to get pushed more in a positive light that you, you really need to start working on your, your active lifestyle. Um, because, you know, if we're going to go into like, needing shots or boosters or anything you could be doing something to boost your your chances every day yeah why, why not do everything you can that's it that's the to, I, I couldn't to find optimize, the words Tim. to optimize your your chance of, of living a healthy happy life so and i think to your point like i truly believe everyone and they may not know how to do it but i, I believe everyone wants to be happy and that's why everybody is so mad at everybody else because they're trying to figure out how to be happy and they just don't know how to go about it and they think it's outside of themselves versus inside of themselves but whatever and everybody wants to feel good and we're in a period of history where a lot of people just don't freaking feel good at all yeah inside outside whatever it's also like it, it's weird where I think we can, we've all realized, right? Like, like woke culture gets such a thing thrown up, thrown about now as like a negative term. Um, and I think there's extremes of everything, but I think a lot of us, whether it was presidential, whether it was vaccine, whether it was, you know, um, Black Lives Matter, I think a lot of people, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, e- equal rights and sexual harassment and the meat, like there's so many avenues where people also don't want to admit that they, not only could they be wrong, maybe they were wrong and they can, we can learn and grow. And I think that's a really hard thing uh, to accept where we, a lot of us just want to be like, well, this was how it was like when I was a kid and that was fine. Right. And you know what? I'll say this, like, I'm never going to watch revenge of the nerds again. Like I'm not going to watch American pie again. I'm not going to watch wedding crashers again. Some people here are going to hear that and go like, what the hell? But I have a daughter <laughs> watch those movies again. Like yeah. literally watch those movies again and then put your daughter in that position. And it's not oh. how you remember them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not how I remembered it though. It was right, just like right, boys right. fun when I was big. Right. So I think with everything, right? Like I'm not like trying to like throw in all the issues right now, but I think if we all could just allow ourselves to grow, like to grow in a different way than maybe we expected, we were already awesome. Well, you right? nailed like, it. You, you said to learn and grow and that was, I wrote it down. That was beautiful. I mean, I, I have my moments. You do, but but that's the, like, you know, this is like, well, I'm sure it's written in more than one place, but a house divided cannot stand. We're freaking divided. So how can we stand? And if we don't, you know, try to figure out, well, how can we be united? 
we're not going to stand. So, and I think learning and growing, being open to learning, being open to growing and listening, um, I, you know, I think that's the only way. But one more. Beautiful. Let's end it on that because I know you need to go. Tim, tell the listeners. Yes, I do. Die mighty. And thank you for listening to Coach Fury and Tim. (laughs) Dude, I love you. The Coach Fury podcast is created, owned, and produced by Steve Coach Fury Holliner for Fury Industries, LLC. Music provided by the FTW. Visit the FTW.NYC for band, tour, music, and merch info. Artwork created by Glenn Gurrieta. Visit glengurrieta.com, that's G-L-E-N-N-U-R-I-E-T-A, or follow him on Instagram at glengurrieta. Voiceover by Laura Palmer.